0: If you'd like to turn your Bibles to Hebrews in chapter 10, please. I want to continue with just something that I opened up back in uh, September, September the 19th. I had the opportunity of sharing, and for those who were here, I uh, spoke from Joshua in chapter one about being strong and courageous, or being bold and courageous. And I want to just follow on from that whole thought about courage and confidence. Um, and read from Hebrews and chapter 10. So let's start, shall we, at verse 35. It says there, So do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a very little while, He who is coming will come, and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if He shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. I want to just take in a moment, in a moment, just take verse 35 as my text, but I want to look again at the boldness that we need to have, the confidence that we need to have if we are to uh, uh, live in this hour. Because there is a huge cost to serving Jesus. I don't know whether you're aware of that. I was at two schools this week. Firstly, I was at the school that Tracy and Susie and others in the life of the church uh, are involved with, teach at. And that is called Jubilee House. And it was a, just a great experience to be there to receive all the Harvest uh, Festival. And to just have an opportunity for five minutes, five minutes to express something of what we were doing from Food Bank, absolutely fantastic. But I was also in another context this week, in a um, junior school in the town that will remain nameless, because often people do listen to the podcast, but it was a completely different environment, this school that I'd gone into. The the senior, one of the senior teachers that I was meeting was a Christian, great uh, gentleman, Real heart for children and for the school and for the community and for God. But it was quite apparent that actually he had to be very careful what he said in school. He had to be very careful how he went about things. Because if you mention God too much and you're not in a Christian school, then you can be in a whole lot of trouble with governors, with um, staff, with parents. And so there was a cost. There's a cost for this man to remain in that school. We're all familiar with um, the the newspaper report, the reporting of that lady who wore a cross. Can you remember how she wore a cross to work and they told her she needed to take it off because they weren't happy with it and, you know, dead against it. And there is just a cost to following Jesus. You may say, well, it's nothing like in the persecuted nations. You're absolutely right. Talk about in the persecuted nations... You know, you look at North Korea, they mention you're a Christian, you'll be executed, never mind persecuted, executed. And there are many nations around the course of this world where if you're a Christian, you're in big trouble and you have to be very, very careful. So when I talk about the cost, I'm using that loosely, but there is still a cost for us in the United Kingdom. We have to be careful what we say, supposedly. We have to temper down. We have to, you know, just... Weaken it down and dilute it down. And there is a cost to following Jesus. And here we see Hebrews, this is why I've said all this, the book was written to people who had converted from Judaism to Christianity. They'd actually gone from Judaism, Jews, to becoming Messianic Christians. People who were Jews, but they'd received the Messiah as Christ. And the writer of Hebrews was speaking to them, and there was a particular issue in that many of them, or a number of them, because of stuff that was happening in their lives, were actually tempted to throw away their confidence and revert back to their old way of Judaism, which consisted of rituals and laws, and dare I say superstitions as well. And Jesus himself said he didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfil the law. But he doesn't want us to go back to the law, he wants us to live in grace and mercy and the freedom that Christ Jesus has brought. Amen? And so, this is where the writer of the Hebrews comes to, because he was encouraging people to keep their faith. This reminds me of another verse in Galatians in chapter 5. I had a meeting over the course of the summer. It was a very important meeting. It was with a person. And I needed to say some things to this person that were very, very strong and very, very straight. If you've ever been in a meeting like this with me, then you'll know exactly where I'm coming from. okay? And I knew I needed to be very bold, very strong, and very, and very straight. And so I got up, and it was an early morning appointment. And so I got up early as I normally would, to say, God, what, how do you want me to go about this meeting? And straight away, the Lord dropped in my heart. Galatians 5, verse 7. And in Galatians 5, verse 7, Paul writes to the church in Galatia and says to you, you're running such a good race. Who cut in on you? You're running such a good race, a good faith race. Who cut in on you? And I went to this meeting and just delivered this message because that was exactly what needed to be said. There were things that were being cut into this person's life. Maybe you're here today, and you may be a new Christian. It may be that you're a new follower of Jesus Christ. And I have to say, I'm, 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 always, I'm always intrigued by people on the faith journey because as they begin the faith journey, things can, can be so good for them, and then all of a sudden, things begin to cut in, and we'll come on to that. In a moment, and we can be tempted to throw away our confidence. Let me ask you a question where is your confidence? Who is your confidence in? To throw away your confidence, well, where is our confidence placed? And who is our confidence placed in? I want to tell you where my confidence is placed in, and again, it's found in Hebrews and chapter 4, verse 14, because it says there, We have a great high priest whose name is Jesus who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. My confidence is in God. My confidence is in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. My confidence is in God alone. And He is my fortress. He is my deliverer, my comfort, my help, my guide, my wisdom. And I want to be a person that holds on to the faith That I have in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you there's many things that will come and shake your faith. There are many things that will try and throw you off track. But we need to have confidence in Christ and his word. Let me just say, we need to have confidence in the completed work of Christ. I'm not looking for Christ to do anything again. Are you? God has done everything that he needs to do through his son, Jesus Christ. And when he said, it is finished, he meant he'd done the job. He did what he needed to do. And we've heard this morning from Anne, how I was led so well in that he saved us from our sin. He's provided a way of redemption for every man and every woman to come back to God. So we need to have a, comp- a confidence in the completed work of Christ, but we also need to have confidence in the completed word. Or the complete word of Christ. You're one of these people who says, this Bible, there are certain things in it that I like, but there are certain things that I don't like. I've got one word for you. Tough. Well, there's a few smiles and a few sniggers. Tough. We either take this word in its entirety and it's the pure word, or we take one out and then it's the impure. It becomes impure you start putting your slant, your gospel into these things, it's impure. You've just polluted the word of God. There are some things that I don't like about this book, as in things that are said, because my flesh man doesn't like them. So when he tells me that I need to forgive and love my enemies, you've heard me say this before, what do I want to do with my enemies? I want to go and ask David Gregory for a piece of 4x2, he's got plenty in his, in that big workshop, and go and smack them round the head. Sorry, am I the only one, or is it just pure carnality just around me? Anybody else with me? We just want to, we want to take revenge. But the Bible says, no, we need to love our enemies. Jesus himself said, and we did that whole series on laws that live, but we need to turn the other cheek. If they slap you on one, you need to give them another cheek. And so there are many things that in this book we don't like, but we need to have confidence in this book. Because, friend, this book works. This book works. If you take it as it is, it will work in your life. There's somebody who I thought about who had great opposition very quickly. His name was Elijah. You're taking notes, you've found in 1 Kings 19. And we see there that Elijah had great victory. There was a great thing that happened in his life. What had happened was, he challenged, there was a challenge from the prophets of Baal. that were basically demonized, satanic worship that was going on. And they were just calling on their small g God. And they challenged Elijah, his God, to see who would, who would do the thing. So basically, they had, both had altars and they were going to call fire down on the altar. And they were cutting themselves, these other prophets, trying to bring down fire. Nothing. Elijah says, let's make this very interesting, shall we, boys? We won't just have an altar. Let's get some water. Let's drench the altar with water. Let's dig a trench around and fill it up with water. And let's see if the sacrifice is burnt up. He then calls on his God. You have to read it. I think it's just before 19. Just calls on God. Fire comes from heaven. They recognized the people there who was the living God. You might be here today thinking, well, is he really the God? He's the God of all gods. He's the king of all kings. You better believe it. He is the one true living God. He is, to quote Coca-Cola, the real thing. And so what happened from that great victory? You think Elijah would go on from strength to strength. You think he'd, he'd just be pumped up, ready to go. And then what happened? A lady threatened him. Now I'm scared to death of ladies. You better believe it. I understand how ladies can be very scary. But this lady scared the life out of Elijah. 1 Kings 19. This lady called Jezebel. She said, basically said to him, tomorrow you'll be dead. Bearing in mind, this is the man of power for the hour. And there was opposition. And Elijah found a tree, slumped down, basically said, In my words, God, it's finished. I want to die. I've had enough. I can't cope. I'm throwing away my confidence. You might feel like you want to throw away your confidence this morning. You might feel like you just want to, you've had enough. Things haven't worked out the way you thought they were going to work out. And I am intrigued by some of the guys who go through the waters of baptism. I'm always intrigued by it because they're on a real high. God's done great things in their life. They come to the water. They give the testimony. They just had an awesome day. There's a releasing of their old life. There's coming into something new. And then that week, they have an awful week. An awful week. All hell breaks loose. Have you ever had that? Where you've just done something really great for God. You've prayed. Something dynamic's taken place. You've witnessed. There's been an openness. You think, fantastic, I'm on a roll here. And then all of a sudden, what happens? All hell breaks loose. That all hell breaking loose is to try to snatch away your confidence. So you will say, you know what, I'm finished with this. Elijah was opposed. Elijah was tired. Elijah felt lonely. Elijah was full of despair. Elijah was full of fear. And because of that, he wanted to throw away his confidence. I believe I'm talking to some people this morning. Because I believe you've come in here, dragging and screaming, kicking your feet. Somebody said to me after the nine o'clock service, you have no idea. I came in, I said, I don't want to be here. This is the last place I wanted to flipping be this morning. Last place. And then you talk about this in this service. I just felt like I just had enough of God. And then you do what you, do, what you say this morning. And I really believe that God's wanted to speak to some people. Because you've come in kicking and screaming. You feel like you want to throw away your confidence. You, 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 you want to potentially abandon ship. You've had enough of God and all his ways. It may be the, the law of life, your previous life. The sensual pleasures. All the wild and exciting, wonderful things. You think, I want to go back to that. Remember what it was like. Remember what, how he, how he, what he did for you. Remember how it wrecked you. Just remember those things. I say to people, when, when they're telling me about the, in Christ, and then, well, it won't like, you know, I've had more trouble since I've to become a Christian than that I'm going to go back. And I say to them, guys, remember what it was like. The feelings that you felt. The loneliness, the despair. The looking behind your back thinking, so remember that day. Don't abandon ship. Don't, don't throw away your confidence for the lure of life for the law of that life. It may be that you think like you're throwing away your confidence because the business, huh? you're a business person and you're on a promotion and you're on a ladder and the company want to own your soul. Don't give your soul away to a business. That Please don't give your soul away to a business. Really. Don't throw away your confidence for a business. It may be that you're here and you're a new Christian and Your friends and family and your husband or your wife or your kids think you're just totally weird. You you open the Bible and you're just praying. You're just weird. And it just grinds you down. Am I talking to anybody today? It just grinds you down. And you just feel like this is not worth it. It is worth it. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So opposition, the law of life, the honeymoon's over, and the difficulty now begins. Here's a good one, a potential reason for throwing away our confidence. This is where you ground it in your life. Disappointment. Disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed here? Anybody ever been disappointed with God? Yeah? And we just feel like God's let us down, because God, you said this, and I thought it was going to work out like this. And as it worked out like this, it's worked out like this. And where does that leave me? And I'm just, I'm just spinning. If I do that too much, I will be all over the place. But anyway, have you ever played that game? What a great game. What? Who needs to go get high on drugs and drink? Just do that a few times. Just spin around a few times. You're all over. You don't know. Whoa! Woohoo! Have you ever done that? Put your hand up if you've ever done that. Put your hand up if you've never done it. Put your hand up with Irene tonight with David. You need to just spin around a few times. I tell you what, you'll be all, whoa. You'll be. Spinning around. I'm not going to break out into Kylie's spinning. Yeah, well, will. No, I won't. You just feel like disappointed with God. It didn't work out. You expected it to work out. And so you think, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm throwing away my confidence. I've just, you can forget it. It's a wrong answer, guys. Keep trusting God. It's dead difficult, I know. I do know what I'm talking about here on this particular, I might not know about everything, I do know what I'm talking about here. There's things that have disappointed my life incredibly, have wrecked me, have hurt me, have disappointed me, have upset me. I felt the disappointment, the deep down disappointment, you can't even express it just in your gut, But what other choice do you have? Well, you have two choices. You throw away your confidence. Or you say, you know what, God, I'm just going to cling to you all the more. And as you cling to God, as you get hold of God, God begins begins to do something for you. Friend, God is certain and secure. I'm encouraging you. I want to be your main encourager. I want to be your rah-rah. Give me a G, G. I want to be your chief encourager this morning, seriously, to not to throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. That word richly in the Greek is a word called megas, M-E-G-A-S. It's where we get the word mega from. Who would like a mega reward? Yeah, come on, who would like a mega reward? Well, don't throw away your confidence. Because it will be richly mega, megas, rewarded. Our four things I want to say as I close that I believe that will be very helpful and things that we're all looking for. And these are some of the rewards that we have if we'll stay in Christ just let me pause for a few seconds and just say what I mean by that. It's no good knowing about Christ, it's being in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creature in Christ. There's something about not just being around, it's not just being around or knowing about, it's literally being in. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. There's something about being in Christ, being part of Christ. And as we begin to do that, There's four rewards, I believe, that begin to happen. I'm sure there's others, but four things that I just highlighted. First of all, security. Who wants to be secure here? Just raise your hand. Who wants some security? Who feels like they've never had any security and yet they want some security? I'm not talking about paying your mortgage off. I'm not talking about giving you a job for life. I'm not talking about dropping a million pounds in your bank balance. I'm talking about the security of your life. Let me read this to you, Proverbs 18, verse 10. If you get nothing else from this, there's some people who need to hear this verse. And you need to go back, you need to find it. It's in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, it's chapter 18 and verse 10. Proverbs 18 and verse 10, there's some people who need to hear this. This is what it says. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. So where am at, I'm in it. And they are... Safe. They're safe. They're safe. That is why you can have many Christians, sorry, many people who were once full of phobias and fears, now they're a Christian, something happens because they run, they run into the tower and they become safe. The righteous run to it and they become safe. It's no good putting CCTV up in your home. If you're full of phobias and fears, that ain't going to heal you. That will not heal you. It's no good getting a double yell lock, put on your door. I'm not trying to put you out of business here, Dave, by the way, because if you do need a double yell lock, Dave Gregory is your man. He'll put it up for you. you, Whatever you need, you know, that ain't going to heal you. The only security and safety that we have is running into that strong tower The righteous run into it and are safe quickly. What else do we get as a rich reward, I believe, as we keep hold of our confidence? There's strength. There's something that I need at this particular moment. It's strength. Personally. it's Not going to feel weak. I'm just very, very tired in many areas. There's a lot happening around my life at the moment. A lot of happening around the church, life of the church. Lots and stuff happening. There's one thing that I need more than anything else at this particular moment. It's strength from God. I go to bed, shattered. I, told, I said that I'm not allowed to use the other word. Somebody told me off for saying that other word. So, you know which word I'm talking about. See, you all know which word I'm talking about. So, why can't I say it? Why can't I say it? Am I allowed to say it? All oh, right, okay. There's still somebody saying now. Okay. I'm shattered. I get up, and anybody else like this, just fairly shattered. So there's one thing that I need to get before God. Oh, God. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Oh, my God. Give me strength today. Fill my, fill my heart with strength today so I can face the day. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope, hear the language again, in the Lord. Not hope on the Lord, hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Thirdly, if I was Phil, I'd have four S's, I haven't, I've got two S's, a G and a P. This man gave me four S's, so I've got guidance. The next one is guidance. And he's saying signpost. So if you like the, 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 the all the different letters lining up, then that's fine. But guidance. God gives us guidance. There's a reward that comes to those who keep hold of it quickly. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. If you've got a Bible, just turn with it. If you've never seen it before, I'm not assuming anything that you all know this stuff. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says there, trust in the Lord. There it is again, in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There are so many decisions that we have to make, don't we, in life. I'm not just talking about what pudding to choose this afternoon. You know, there's that many choices that we have to make because there's that many options. So that's the beauty of living in the United Kingdom in the 21st century. But some of those decisions are really, really important. Anybody with me? Really important. And what should I do? Well, very often I haven't got any answers, but I know one who has. And one of the rewards of those who cling on to the confidence is that God meets with them and God directs and guides their paths. I've known it so many times. Elijah, the thing that healed the man who I've mentioned about, who was tired and fed up and was running scared of Jezebel. He needed guidance from God. It's interesting, if you're looking for guidance in the wind and the rain, something very powerful, you won't get it. If you're looking for guidance, if you're looking for guidance in an earthquake, something shattering to get you, it won't happen. Elijah, Elijah, just give me your attention. Elijah, it says when he met with God, it was in the still, silent voice. It was the whisper of God that he heard, and God met with him. I want to encourage you that God wants to whisper his thoughts into your life with guidance. And lastly, provision or supply. Provision. The context of Matthew 6 is that Jesus was addressing the whole issue of people beginning to worry about what they were going to eat, about where they were going to, you know, what they were going to sleep in, what they were going to wear. And Jesus says, don't worry about such things. I've got it all covered, Sean. You know, if I'm able to take care of the birds... And the lilies of the field, I'm well able to take care of you. All you need to do, Matthew 6, verse 33, is do this one thing. But seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these things, provision, will be added unto you. Don't worry about that stuff. I'll take care of it. These are the rewards, and there are others that come to our lives but maybe you're here and you're thinking, I'm going to throw away my confidence. I believe I've been speaking to some people today who've actually come into this building and you thought, you know what, I've really had enough. I'm going to throw away my confidence. I'm pretty much done with God. Never mind the church, I'm done with God. Things haven't worked out right. Stick in there, guys. Run into God. Lay hold of God. Talk to somebody else who will encourage you. Let us be a help to you and a strength to you as well. But certainly don't throw away your confidence. For it will be richly rewarded.